You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Lord, thank you for this day, for, uh, for your coming into the world and for the joy it is that we have been given. Um, uh, be with us now and take this time humbly offered and, and uh, let your work be done in your way. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, again, hopefully we'll find the time to, to make through it. But always want to just start. Let's make sure we're squarely where we need to be. The same old story. Um, the Christmas story um, told primarily as we know it in Luke and in Matthew. Um, John's Gospel, which I think is what we're using on, a, on Christmas Eve. Um, uh, the prologue to John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Um, another part of the Christmas story, um, but here just from Luke, um, hearing especially the emphasis on the shepherds in the fields. So, uh, reading this, let me turn find my. Go ahead and get a handout. Hey Beth. You need me to help Nope. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came to give birth. So a very understated birth story right here. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, the angels, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen that had been told them. So it's a story, a story of shepherds and of, and of the birth and of angels appearing and the glory of God shining. Um, it's a story that still holds a lot of power. I mean, just the simple repetition. How many times have I heard this story of, uh, of a location at a particular time in a particular place. I mean, another time, another place, it could be and on December 19th at the corner of 6th Avenue North and 20th Street um, at the assembly of a church in a room called, it was 
that's the whole idea of Quirinius, uh, uh, the governor of Syria, um, Joseph from Galilee to a town of Nazareth to Judea. It really happened. And you putting breadcrumbs out to say, and this is where and when it happened. And it was a humble happening uh, where a woman, it came time in the fullness of time, in the fullness of, uh, of, uh, of gestation, a human birth. She'd been carrying this child for 10 months uh, and it was time for the baby. And a firstborn uh, was born wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger, a trough, um, uh, a feeding stall, something like that, because there was no room for them in the inn, in the guest house, in the guest rooms, another way to put that. Humble, humble, humble. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. We'll see some pictures of the shepherds. Interesting to think this, some conjecture here, but quite possibly these shepherds were the ones tasked because they were so close to, to raise the lambs for the, uh, for the temple, for the sacrifice. Behold, the Lamb of God who, uh, who takes away the sin of the world. That's also this baby born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. Uh, behold, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for the sins of the world coming out of this baby, coming I mean, out of this, this young girl, Mary. Those shepherds, those shepherds were in that same region keeping watch over their flocks by night and the angel. The angel comes and the angel turns and every time, every time, this is not sort of Clarence and it's a wonderful life, you know, I shrink away with fear. Um, uh, they were filled with great fear. And here's the beauty. This is the word that's kind of sticking with me this week. Um, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. What's the word that we know which means good news in Greek? Gospel. That's what it actually says. Transliteral, you could say, Fear not, behold, for I gospel you with great joy. It's just the verb of the noun. I gospel you. The angels come to us and say, I gospel you with this word. And then the fear is gone. The fear is gone. They've been gospeled with great joy. And so we're going to sort of feel good. And we're going to have some probably like, oh, you know, you know, I need, I need, I need. And then, Lord willing, we're going to feel good again. Because um, 90 seconds. But watch this. This made the rounds a few, uh, a few years ago. We're going to watch this clip. It's about 90 seconds. And, you know, here he is reading from the Gospel of Luke. Can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can. And he reads right from Luke. Watch what Linus does with his blanket. You know, what's the blanket? Doesn't take Freud. It's a security blanket. Fear. Um, uh, with the blanket, I'm okay. Without the blanket, I'm not okay, says Linus. And Linus steps into the spotlight and he says, Sure, I can, Charlie Brown. And there was in the fields angels, and they proclaimed, You know, fear not. Watch what he does with the blanket. Um, Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Is that too loud? Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came 
But there the Lord shall run about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, I want to psychoanalyze a cartoon, but why not, right? Uh, he says it, and as long as the word is being spoken, he's okay. And he stops speaking, and what does he do? He picks up the blanket. You know, and he's going to need to come back and hear the word again, and he's going to be okay. And then when he's not, he's going to pick it up. And that's my life. That's our life. You know, we're okay until we're not okay. Um, I need, I don't need. And then as soon as I'm sort of out, oh, I need again. Um, But fear not, the angel speaks to us right now, the Lord himself, I gospel you with a gospel of great joy. And we can drop the blanket until it comes back to us again. As far as the east is from the west, God can separate us from our fears in the same way that... um, in the bleak midwinter, we'll sing that on Christmas Eve, uh, when heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. I mean, you just have this idea. I don't know why it's this, like a magnet when it's always pushing, and it just the, the other side just flees. It just runs. It can't stay in the same space. Where Christ is, death runs. Death and Christ cannot coexist. Uh, the world, the flesh, the devil, sin, its law, flee away until that moment comes where the word is no longer being spoken. And, and, and in this life, like Wes said in his sermon, the already gone, but it's not yet here, and I'm still slogging through, waking up, reading the obituaries. Not yet, not yet, but soon, soon and very soon. So with that, we turn the page and thinking about this poem. I don't know anything about John Frederick Nims. Am I a poet in here? really follow poetry? John Goodman, I know does. Sometimes I'll ask him questions about that. Um, an American poet, I just know this from Wikipedia and a few other places, um, died in 1999, so very much a contemporary. Uh, but hearing this, I, mean, I think of uh, Linus led me here, um, uh, where Bethlehem speaks the honest, what he calls in the last two lines, the honest home truth of man. Where the third verse, this is going to be this one, two, three, four, five. Where I wish I could put them all sort of in order, because you'd see the central verse here is sort of the center, that man's truth uh, is really this, a thin cry in the cold, dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, from dust we made, we're simply dust uh, made a little while aware, and then we return back to what we were. So here's the whole poem. Christmas, um, they say, but cattle near, and the infant in harsh hay, indeed, harsh. How could honest God be man another way? By lying lax in gold near many a bent knee bedded in bright percent and so vouching hypocrisy? Oh, man's flesh is most really this, a thin cry in the cold, 
dust made a little while aware, shriveled, both young and old. When infants are born rich, the gaudy zoos troop in, the elephant with button eyes, the tiger springs of tin, and friends and relatives gape, a simple clucking clan. More honest, no? When Bethlehem told the home truth of man. So sort of high art as opposed to the mid art of peanuts. Um, but why, how lie he in such a mean estate, such an average place, harsh, harsh, way into the world. Hey, how could the Son of Man be born into hay? And he wants to ask our interlocutor, how could he not? How could God tell the home truth of man in any other way without being hypocritical, without vouching hypocrisy and being uh, being born in a palace or being born on third base, as it were? Um, uh, Bethlehem. So we're going to look at Phillips Brooks' hymn, Little Town of Bethlehem couple other places to let Bethlehem speak the the, uh, the the city which which lies so still uh, in whom the hopes and fears of all the years are met we let Bethlehem speak and tell us the home truth of man that we are but uh, a thin cry in the cold dust made a little while aware shriveled both young and old again going back to Linus well, he's the only sane person in the room, isn't he? <laughs> you know, carrying around a blanket, something that's going to keep me safe and well. So with that, um, turning, uh, yep, yeah, I think I am. Um, poem that I keep coming back to, which is kind of surprising, but I can't get away. And there's three versions where it's read on, um, on YouTube. I hardly recommend all three. One is the author himself, T.S. Eliot. Um, sort of an affected Englishman. I think he was born in Ohio. Um, Ron told me that last week, remembered who it was. But spent a lot of time in England and had sort of a, became, became very English, even converted to Anglo-Catholicism to, uh, to sort of fulfill that. But wrote a lot of poetry. The Wasteland, of course, being probably his most, hey, um, uh, most well-known. But here, The Journey of the Magi, where Bethlehem itself is going to speak again. Um, the, the three versions on YouTube, you can just sort of Google Journey of the Magi, T.S. Eliot. You'll get one by T.S. Eliot reading, um, one by Alec Guinness. Um, depending on you know, how old you are, you're going to have a different association with Alec Guinness. I first knew him as Obi-Wan Kenobi from the first Star Wars, um, but also the star of a lot of great movies in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, the Prisoner is just, I've shown that a couple times here. Um, he does probably the best reading, but this is one um, sort of a dramatic production we'll look at in just a minute. It's about four and a half minutes long. Um, Church of England uh, priest, in fact, a guy named Dennis Adid. I don't know him, uh, but he, uh, he speaks it. Um, but here, again, three verses, just the story kind of setting in, getting into the rhythm, uh, almost a paraphrase of Lancelot Andrews, if anybody's following there. I won't, won't go too far there. But he, he's certainly coming into the history. Lancelot Andrews, one of the um, English clerics who had a huge part of the King James Version, was called the Authorized Version of the Scripture. So just great. Anyway, that's just trivia. You don't need to know that. Uh, a hard coming, a hard trip. I'm homesick. You know, I miss my bed. I'm going to come over here. And then he begins to have all these disparate images. Um, dicing for pieces of silver and vine on the lintel and three trees on the horizon and a pale horse of the apocalypse. 
all these images which are being given to this, it's all told from the perspective of one of the magus, the, the magi, um, uh, looking back. But all these disparate images, which aren't going to have any meaning for some time in the future yet. And yet he was seeing them as he was coming in in a temperate valley below the snow line, uh, coming into Bethlehem. And then again, a very understated birth story and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. And of course, that idea of satisfactory has all the entendre. Um, Christ one full, sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction. It's a theological word, um, especially in the Catholic tradition, of making satisfaction for sins. It was, you may say, satisfying the sin of the world. And then he goes now into the reminiscence, looking backwards, trying to make sense of it. What did we go all that way? Was it for birth? I thought so. But was it birth or death? For there we had evidence and no doubt. Blood. The blood of the satisfaction of the world. So all this entendre, I should probably just want to give you a hint of it before we um, probably just let Dennis Hadid read it now. But you have it in front of you too, because it's a little bit of a longer poem, 43 lines I think it is. Um, but just fall into the rhythm of it, um, of coming together with uh, this idea of, as Paul does, I was talking about this with Jason Wallace just before, uh, Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's really the Bible's, it, it's not very romantic. Um, the incarnation, Christ limiting himself and being born of a woman, born under the law, uh, has a certain sadness to it because it, 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 it's always, always, always saying the world needs a savior. The world needs a redeemer. The world is broken. It's fractured and it needs. And so Christmas is always reminiscent of our need. Uh, and, 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 and Elliot gets that, I think, when he comes into this. So kind of settle in about four and a half minutes.
Tuna beating in the darkness. The three trees on the low sky and an old horse galloped away in the meadow. Then came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel. Six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver and feet kicking at empty wineskins. There was no information, so we continued. And arriving at the evening, not a moment too soon, finding that place, it was, you might say, satisfactory. All this happened a long time ago. I remember, and we'll do it again. Set down. This. Set down. This. Where we led all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, certainly. We have evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but a thought. They were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us. Like death. Like our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms. No longer at ease with the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching to their gods. I should be glad of another death. I should be glad of another death. So whatever it is, the Magus is looking back, remembering that journey, such a long journey, the very dead of winter, um, making sense of it, where we led all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, evidence and no doubt, but death, our death. Um, looking back, he says, I would do it again, I would do it again, but set down this, set down this. Um, Hard, no longer at ease, whatever it was, whatever Bethlehem told him, uh, it hasn't left him alone. It ruined his life in that sense. Um, no longer at ease here in the old dispensation. The old, it's also word associated with some theological strands, the dispensing of a certain epic of God, his working Old Testament, New Testament, no longer at ease here, an alien people clutching their gods, resident alien, as Peter would call it. That's how we define ourselves as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation. Um, I shall be glad of another death. Um, all sorts of, a lot of things, I think, ways you can go with that, that last line. But to die is gain. I've got Wes's sermon in mind. Um, to live as Christ, great. But to die is gain. I shall be glad of another death. Um, uh, we shall have no fear. 
we shall have no fear um, in that sense. But the Magi, the journey of the Magi, um, something else for your weekly reflection if you'd like to have that for Christmas. But staying in that, remember, we're going to go down. We're going to go back up. Joy is coming, so you know, still want to have that. should play Mick Jagger. Um, uh, but now thinking about Bethlehem and talking about um, Bethlehem, such a great, great carol, Phillips Brooks. Um, Rector at Trinity Church, Copley Square, so of us have probably seen that in Boston. Um, long-time rector there, and then became the Bishop of Massachusetts for a while, an Episcopalian. Uh, wrote this, giving um, a personification to Bethlehem, um, especially the first and third verses, the ones I want to highlight briefly. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Um, Bethlehem, checkered history in the Old Testament. Went back, I won't go through all this, but especially in the book of Judges. Moses's grandson or great-grandson was a, a, a priest for hire, you know, and not a good way to be a priest, a Levite for hire, um, some sordid stories there. And then one of the worst stories in the Old Testament, it has a lot of bad stories, but the story of a gang rape and a death all came out of Bethlehem, if you remember that story. Um, hard and bitter agony, to be sure, in that old dispensation. That's Bethlehem's checkered uh, past. Now, some good sources also where Ruth of Naomi and Ruth, who then had Obed, who had Jesse, who had David, which is why Bethlehem is the son of, uh, why, 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 why Bethlehem is the city of David, and why Joseph had to go back as a descendant of, um, of David and Jesse and Obed and Ruth um, uh, and Boaz. Uh, that's the upside, the redeeming part. But before that, the dark streets that shine, um, Bethlehem had some dark streets. Um, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth. You know, the echo of John, uh, for a light has shone and the darkness has not overcome it. The everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years. I have this idea of just that, that point, that particular point in history when Quirinius was governor, um, in that place in Judea, exactly there, the meeting of everything from our past and our future, our hopes, our dreams, our shame, our sorrow, our fracture, the hopes and the fears of all the years met the heaviness. When I think of all that weight there in Bethlehem in thee tonight, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. And so how silently, how silently, how silently. Dorothy Parker, um, uh, 1920s, an essayist, poet, citrist, and all that sort of thing, I think, in New York. Also, similar to Eliot having the Magi look back, she has fanciful, just kind of imagines at the inn where Mary gave birth to our Lord. Uh, there was another girl, a couple of years older than Mary. Mary's probably 14, maybe 15. So this girl, 16, 17, 18, the maidservant at the inn, looking back, wondering, I remember a night. I wonder whatever happened to them. And this is her poem. Um, Dorothy Parker, around 1928. It's queer. This is the, the mouth of this woman now remembering the night of Christ's birth. It's queer, she said. 
I see the light as plain as I beheld it then in the stars. All silver-like and calm and bright. We've not had stars like that again. And she was such a gentle thing to birth a baby in the cold. The barn was dark and frightening. The new one, the new barn, the new one is better than the old. I mind. My eyes were full of tears, for I was young and quick distressed, but she was less than me in years that held a son against her breast. I never saw a sweeter child, the little one, the darling one. I mind I told her when he smiled, you'd know he was his mother's son. It's queer that I should see them so. The time they came to Bethlehem was more than 30 years ago. I've prayed that all is well with them. I know, I'm still trying to figure out this poem. Because even as I read it, I mean, I have, you know, Mockingbird word, Freud word. I abreact a little bit here. I mean, she sets you up going through, I mind, I remember how cold it was. Those stars, those stars. Um, she was only a little bit older than me. Um, and that boy, God, you looked at him and it's like, oh, y'all belong together. 30 years ago, of course, Christ, about 30, 33 years old when he died. I've prayed all is well with them. Oh, sword piercing the soul, right? I mean, just remembering back, and somewhere around Good Friday and Easter, it comes back fanciful. Um, I wonder what happened to them. I pray all is well. Well, all is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Um, with whom uh, peace on earth and goodwill to those with whom God is well pleased. We read that. What that really means it's not so much that he's picking out, you know, oh, he merits. With whom God is working his pleasure is probably a better way. It's not quite as poetic. It's probably a better way to put that. And so here, I take some hope. We're about to go up a little bit. That was more than 30 years ago. I pray that all is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. Because whatever the Bethlehem showed the mages um, uh, also showed the maidservant as the hopes and the fears and all the years were placed there. So, let's return, shall we, to uh, some good news of great joy, being gospeled with no news of great joy. Um, Annie Lennox, one more time, um, not in the bleak but winter, but, you know, uh, still just a great, I know I've been saying that for about 12 years now, it, 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 it's not getting old to me, her version of in the bleak midwinter, because when she lifts it up, uh, I believe I believe it when she sings it, that heaven and earth are going to flee away when Christ comes again, and I can't wait. Come, Lord Jesus, come. This is the first Noel. Um, not quite as good, I think, as her bleak midwinter, but it builds, and we've almost got to listen to the first two-thirds of it, which is a good, good, good arrangement of it. You know, all of them are. But then, wait for it. The end, she does do something. Again, another arrangement, strings come in, a little bit of a guitar. She lifts it to a different key. And here's, here's what speaks to me. And so like I say many times, you know, just along for the ride. Thank you for coming. I hope it was fun. Um, Noel, little word geek here. Um, French word, don't speak a word of French, comes from the Latin natus, which is where we get um, birth or born. And so the first birth, the first Noel, the first Christmas, but where Annie Lennox is singing it here. When we sing this, I think we're singing this on Christmas Eve as well. Noel, 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 Noel. And it's almost like, you know, 
little bit of Johnny Cash and Hurt with a hammer going into the nail. I know that's weird, but that's my association. Noel, 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 like a metronome. Birth, birth, birth. She's an urgency that I hear, I'm sharing with you, in the way she arranges um, the first Noel. The urgency of Christ coming soon. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Your first coming in Bethlehem, your last coming once and for all to reign. Um, and then with that, some images. Um, Henry Tanner, which we saw, we're not going to really look at him. Henry Tanner, El Greco. Um, uh, what else did I put in there? Um, uh, it's going to end with a great piece from Rembrandt, The Adoration of the Magi. Um, and then we'll look at um, uh, our last slide of coming to adore him, contrasting Mary's supplanted, when I see this, I mentioned this last week, just the way her hands are clasped and she's bent over. We'll talk about this in the next slide too. Let it be unto me. Meek soul. Um, she's been given a meekness, which actually is a lot of strength, but it's to allow, um, to submit to one another. A small group, we took at this in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's the meekness that it has in mind. So we'll listen to this. Four minutes. We're going to be a little bit late. If you need to leave, go ahead. Um, but Annie Lennox first Noel, and then we'll look at one more slide. Sorry, I just all got messed up. Close enough. Thank you. 
Isn't that something? I mean, I love that thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, gosh, what a great song to come into, you know, Christmas Eve. O come all ye faithful, adeste fidelis. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come, O come to Bethlehem. Come and behold him. Born is the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Um, two quick thoughts. Um, if you're looking for a lowbrow, especially here, D. Schneider of Twisted Sister of sort of 1980s fame, of We're Not Gonna Take It, have a version of that, which if you're in the wrong mood, it's actually really, really great. Um, where it crescendos, where he just screams, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. And it's a moment. It's not to be repeated over and over and over again, but once every three years, I'm like, that's really good. Then I want to leave it. But here, oh, come, let us adore him. Um, as the shepherds and the magi saw, and they came. So we see and behold and hear and smell and taste the way things truly are, the Lord's deliverance of him. And so our summons, O come, O come, O come, we see and behold, and we come. And that's the power and the beauty and the might of this incredible carol, this great hymn. And how do we come? And I have Mary, and I have one of the megas here, um, from Henry Tanner and from Rembrandt. In this supplanted, supplicating posture of let it be unto me, are just wonder, love, awe, and humility, that disposition of humility that Rembrandt, gosh, I mean, he's really good. <laughs> he gets it. I mean, just the way he comes down and stoops from a position of height to a place of, of, a, of, of low to someone born in such mean a state. Let us come with that fixed gaze. This is one of my images this year. With that fixed gaze, clasped hands of not being able to take my eyes off of him. That's our prayer. So with that, let me pray. Lord, come, let us behold you. Um, if you would give us that gift and that grace to come and behold you, um, Christ the Lord, Christ our Lord, we would say thank you. Um, uh, be with us now going forth. Uh, turn us um, as we forget and we pick up our blankets. Um, turn us back to you to remember that uh, you have gospeled us with a gospel of great joy. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.